0: You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast, and this is episode number 248 Self Sabotage. Welcome to the Fitness Matters Podcast, where every week we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. I'm Paula B., YouTuber, certified life and weight loss coach, soon to be author, and your best middle aged fitness friend. Are you ready to talk about the fitness mindset that matters to you? Me too. Let's go. Ready to read and better yet talk about another great self-help book? Join the Paula B. Wellness Over 50 book club in partnership with Chirp Audiobooks. Our July-August pick is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, and you can grab it at a great discount with no monthly subscription fees at chirpbooks.com Paula. That's P-A-H-L-A. And while you're there, be sure to click the follow button to get exclusive access, updates, and information about our live event. See you there! Hello, 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 my friends. It is so good to be here with you today. And I am, like always, so excited to talk to you about this topic. And I have to tell you, it is taking every single ounce of whatever that would be, will, (laughs) to willpower. (laughs) Do not sing the Beastie Boys right now. Because listen all y'all, this is sabotage. Except, except, ooh, spoiler alert. I'm gonna tell you that this is not sabotage. You guys, I was on Facebook yesterday as I often am because because even though I'm not like a lot on Facebook, I am a lot on Facebook. It is a really good time waster. And I do find myself scrolling sometimes when there are other things that I should be doing, which it's very apropos of this topic except for the fact that i was quite literally doing research for different podcast topics i love to i love to scroll through and see what's on your mind what you are talking about in the killer beehive which is my totally free facebook group and and really get an idea of what is the most troublesome for you so that i can help you the fact is I can help you with self-sabotage and that is what we are talking about today. So I was I was reading a couple of different posts actually from people who were really struggling with a couple of different things and I, I don't you guys know, hopefully you know, if you have ever listened to the podcast before. I don't ever mean to like call you out personally, which is why I don't ever use names or talk about like really specific situations. I did find it very interesting that there were two people with almost the exact same problem. And really specifically, I thought it was very interesting because it was Almost the exact same problem that I had when I first got started on, not just my weight loss journey, but just my, my self-development journey, my trying to figure myself out journey. I used to think of myself as a person who couldn't finish things. I had lots of evidence for this, like lots of evidence for this throughout my entire life. And in fact, I didn't even, it wasn't that I thought that I couldn't finish things. I literally thought of myself as a quitter. I thought of myself as a person who, for example, quit t-ball when I was a small child. I was a person who quit college numerous times. I ended up going to several different colleges and took me quite a few years to get my degree. I thought of myself as somebody who quit jobs because boy, oh boy, have I quit a lot of jobs. I thought of myself as a quitter. And, and I never questioned it. I mean, I truly never questioned it. I had so much evidence that this was true that I just never, ever thought about it until it bothered me that I couldn't, you know, allegedly couldn't finish something that I wanted to finish. The specific thing that I couldn't finish was a marathon. I trained for my first marathon. I was doing great. I felt really good. I was hitting all my paces. I had a time goal in mind. I felt amazing up until the day of the race. The day of the race, I was so nervous. I was like almost literally sick to my stomach and then I was sick to my stomach at mile 20. I just, had gotten myself tied up in knots thinking that I couldn't do it and if you've listened to the podcast before, you will not be surprised that I therefore couldn't because, my friends, your thoughts create your results. I thought I couldn't finish, and then I couldn't. So so let's let's come at this topic of self-sabotage from the angle of, really specifically, when I was on Facebook, I was reading a couple of posts from a couple of women who were talking about how they would get really close to their weight loss goals and like feel amazing and be doing so good and get like just a couple of pounds away and then all of a sudden, they find themselves going off track. They find themselves suddenly not tracking anymore, suddenly eating whatever they want, suddenly not drinking water, suddenly not going to bed on time. Like all of a sudden can't seem to find the motivation to keep moving forward. And it was really interesting me very specifically because I've been asked this question before in a lot of different ways and I, I feel like I answer it kind of the same way every time but really specifically I found it so fascinating that in these posts on Facebook that so many different people used the phrase self-sabotage. And that's what I really want to come at today, even more so than the behavior or what to do about it, even though we are going to talk about that too. I want to talk to you about using the phrase self-sabotage to describe your actions. Because my friends, that is actually part of the problem. Here's the thing about labeling our actions with a word like self-sabotage, which technically I suppose is actually two words, a phrase like self-sabotage. I want you to ask yourself, and here we go with the two-step tool. This is episode 89, Mind Management at Work. How do you feel when you say, I am sabotaging myself? Feel good? Feel lousy? Feel kind of like, sick to your stomach, like, ugh, maybe frustrated, maybe a little angry, maybe sad, maybe defeated, maybe resigned because, for example, you've been self-sabotaging your whole life. (laughs) If you have the evidence in your brain that I do about all the times that I have quit or self-sabotaged, might be feeling a little bit like, ugh, this is just the way it's gonna go. That's how you know, my friends, if you do not feel good that that thought i am self sabotaging or i always self sabotage or this is self sabotage that's how you know that that is not a helpful thought the phrase self sabotage is part of the problem the thing about calling something self sabotage is that it doesn't feel good like we just established and also it's not true. Follow me on this one, my friends. Do you know that the phrase self-sabotage is a thought? It's an interpretation of things that you are doing, things that you are feeling, things that you are thinking, things that are going on that you have then labeled self-sabotage. There's no objective standard for what is self-sabotage. For one person, who might use the phrase self-sabotage, it could be one collection of actions. For another person, it could be something else. For another person, it might be, you know, well, it will be a third type of thing. Yes, they might all be similar, but they're all individual. There is no factual, objective standard that you can point to and say, yes, this is self-sabotage, or this is not self-sabotage. It is always an opinion. And frankly, it's an opinion that's not doing you any good because it feels lousy. When you think I am self-sabotaging, you feel lousy. When you feel lousy, generally speaking, you then avoid doing anything to help yourself because you feel lousy. You guys, we are always seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. As soon as you say, I am self-sabotaging, your brain just completely automatically, through no fault of your own, because this is how all brains work, will want to avoid that situation, which means that you won't be able to clearly think about it in a way that will help you create a solution. You will continue to self-sabotage because of the thought, I am sabotaging myself. You create what you think. So my friends, If the phrase self-sabotage is the problem, as opposed to all of the actions that you believe are self-sabotaging, what's the solution here? Ah, I'm so glad you asked, because the solution is actually really, really simple. The solution is to compassionately observe what you are doing. So, I have I have an episode, I don't remember what episode number it is, but I have an episode called The Compassionate Observer, and I will tell you, I have actually not entirely rethought my opinion about what a compassionate observer is or does or how it works or anything like that, but I really am going to make you a new episode about how to compassionately observe yourself because... The compassionate observer is not a state of mind. Even though in this episode, you'll hear me say, this is a state of mind, like a dozen times or more. (laughs) I have since come to understand that the compassionate observer is not like a thing. It is in fact an action that you do. And the reason you do any action is because you have a feeling which is created from a thought. So you have to have a thought, something along the lines of, Let's see what's going on here, which creates a feeling of compassion and probably a little bit of curiosity there too, like compassionate curiosity. And then from that feeling of compassionate curiosity, you can observe, oh, I did this thing, I did that thing. And then you can see more clearly and resolve more clearly what's going on. Because here's the thing, my friend, any action that you do, any of them, all of them, every single action you do, is because you have a feeling. And you have feelings always, every single time, because you have a thought. So when you can create for yourself through a thought the feeling of compassionate curiosity, you can then observe, okay, I was tracking all my calories until I got three pounds away from my goal. When I got three pounds away from my goal, there was this day that I suddenly did not open up my app, that I did not track my calories, that I did not track my water, that I did not follow my bedtime protocol, or whatever it is. You can observe compassionately that these actions happened. You already know that they happened. It's completely okay that they happened. And rather than beating yourself up for it, trying to interpret uh, them as like self-sabotaging actions, you can simply compassionately and curiously observe this thing happened. Now, because you listen to this podcast, you know that the reason a thing would happen is because you had a feeling. So you can be compassionately curious. What feeling did I have when I chose, probably subconsciously, again, I not even again, because I haven't said this yet. I use the word choose because you are making a choice. I mean whether or not you know you're making a choice, the thing has happened, so you know a choice was made. You had the option, it was available to you, to either track or not track, or kind of track or kind of not track. Like, you had lots of different options, and you know that one of them was taken, which means that there was a choice made. Lots and lots and lots of times, like probably 99.9% of the time, the choices that we make are completely subconscious. They are driven from automatic thoughts, which created automatic feelings, which drove more or less automatic actions. So when I say that you chose, I'm not like blaming you because you don't like this choice. You chose because you had options, and this is the one that happened. So you know that this choice was made from a feeling. What was that feeling? Rebelliousness, urgency, lack of motivation? What was the feeling and I mean, I have some options for you, but honestly, these might resonate, they might not resonate. This is, this is the part of the podcast where you really get to put this work to work rather than me telling you, oh, this is what you were thinking and therefore this is what you were feeling and therefore this is what you were doing. The fact is it could have been a couple of different things, a lot of different things, and it's really gonna be up to you to come to this work with that feeling of compassionate curiosity so that you can really hear what your brain was offering you and how it showed up in your life. When you can find the feeling that drove the action, you'll also hopefully be able to find the thought that created that feeling. Now, here's the thing. This work is gonna take some focus on your part because you have already come to this work thinking this is self-sabotage, I always sabotage myself, and really like trying to judge yourself for the things that happen. It's gonna take some effort on your part to really cultivate this compassionate curiosity you might find yourself about halfway into the work, like, okay, this was the feeling that I had. Oh my gosh, this was the thought that I had. Oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot for thinking that thought. <laughs> like, like you might get halfway there and then start feeling the judgment again. I'm gonna caution you to just really keep checking in. Keep cultivating compassion for yourself. Now, here's the thing. As you know, because we have talked about feelings, compassion is a feeling, and therefore it will dissipate. This is what I'm saying about how you'll need to continuously cultivate it for yourself. You can cultivate that compassionate feeling, and then it will dissipate. You will need to cultivate it probably numerous times to get all the way through this process. So try really hard to recognize when you start judging yourself again, because you will. I mean, here, let's talk about judgment really quickly. Do you know that you're supposed to judge yourself? You're supposed to judge other people. You're supposed to judge the world. This is such a natural behavior. And we all talk about how, oh, you know, I gotta come to this without judgment. I'm gonna stop judging. I'm gonna stop being so judgy. I wish I wasn't so judgy, blah, blah, blah. We think of judgment as like a bad thing. It's actually not. It's the way your brain works. The truth of it is, if you did not judge things, you would not be able to act. You are supposed to, it's the way your brain works, you're supposed to look at a situation, judge it, and then decide what to do from that judgment. Your judgment is a good thing. It helps you in life and it's worthy of noticing. There are times when you don't want to be judgmental. Obviously, you don't want to be judgmental about, you know, for example, other people based on the way they look. And yet we are, all of us are, this is the way your brain works, and it's up to you to use the compassionate observation that you have available to you to recognize, oh, here's a judgment I'm having. Here's an automatic thought that I'm having that is creating automatic feelings and I have the ability to choose whether or not this is something I want to think. So recognizing that you are supposed to judge yourself and others, and that you are very likely, automatically going to judge yourself, you can simply recognize, ah, I'm judging myself again. Let me cultivate some more compassion. Let me cultivate the feeling of compassion so that I can continue to observe my thoughts, my feelings, and my behaviors. The fact is, the thing that is happening with your self sabotage is the thing that is always happening. You're having thoughts; they're creating feelings, and then those feelings are driving actions. If you'd like some more help with that, by the way, I have an entire episode. It's called "How to Change," and it can it really goes deep into this series of events that creates every result in your life. The thing that happens really specifically when we self-sabotage, when we find ourselves having difficulty reaching a goal. This is like a whole other layer of the onion and I want you to know that it, this, is, this is a concept that's worth knowing and it's a concept worthy of me talking about it more than just this once. The thing that is happening when you are struggling to get a goal, any goal, no matter where you are in the process. Like sometimes we sometimes we struggle really early on. Sometimes we struggle like halfway. Sometimes we struggle really close to the end. And sometimes we don't even struggle until after we've already reached the goal. This was actually, I had I had problems in both ways. I had trouble reaching my, my goal, like I had trouble finishing. I would find myself quitting. And I also, really, really specifically with um, weight loss, I was perfectly fine getting all the way to my weight loss goal, but then I would really, really, really struggle to keep it off. And this is why, this concept that I'm about to talk to you about is why we struggle. A couple weeks ago, was that just last week? No, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about your self-concept. We all have a concept of ourselves. It's like a collection of our I am statements. I am a person who, fill in the blank. You currently have a self-concept of being a person who, maybe being a person who struggles with weight loss, or maybe being a person who has always had weight to lose or something in the realm of, I want to lose weight, I need to lose weight, I have to lose weight, I maybe even I am losing weight, maybe you've kind of gotten to that point, but there's another self-concept waiting for you at the end of your weight loss journey, and that is, I am a person who is done losing weight. I am a person who will never need to lose weight again. I am a person who is maintaining my weight happily, comfortably, easily for the rest of my life. Did you just feel a little bit sick in your stomach when I said that to you? Yeah, that's why you're struggling thinking of yourself in this new self-concept of I am a person who is done losing weight. I am a person who will never need to lose weight again. I am a person who can easily maintain my weight. That feels kind of scary, kind of difficult, kind of in your stomach because it's a new thought. Here's the thing about new thoughts, your brain doesn't want them. Your brain wants nothing to do with them because thinking a new thought requires more energy than thinking an old thought. The thought, the collection of thoughts you have about yourself right now, I'm a person who needs to lose weight, I'm a person who's always struggled with my weight, weight is just difficult for me, whatever whatever that collection of thoughts is, they don't feel amazing, but they feel very easy to think. Your brain has become very efficient, meaning that you have neural pathways. It's literally like a pathway that you would carve through like a meadow of grass. You continue to walk on the same path over and over and over again. And all of a sudden you have a literal path. Your brain does that too. It thinks a thought and meets no resistance. And so it continues to think that same thought. I have a problem with my weight again and again and again and again and again. The more your brain thinks a specific thought, the less energy it takes to think that same thought. Your brain would, above everything else in the world, prefer to use less energy. This makes sense because your number one biological imperative is to stay alive at all costs, which means that your brain, your body, everything within you would rather be efficient and use less energy so that you can live longer. When your brain has the opportunity to think a new thought, such as, I am maintaining my weight forever, that thought requires more energy because it's not efficient. I mean, if you think about this like, again, literally, walking through a meadow of grass, let's say that the grass has even, even a little tiny bit of stiffness to it. Have you ever walked through like waist high grass? Like you really have to kind of trudge. You kind of have to kick your feet a little bit. It literally takes you more energy to walk someplace that has never been walked before. Even the second time you walk on that, you still have to kind of kick the grass a little bit, but it's a little bit easier. By the time you've walked through that field, let's say a dozen times, it's already easier. You've trampled down a lot of the grass. It takes less effort. When your brain has the opportunity to either think an old thought that requires almost no energy versus thinking a new thought that requires more energy, it's always going to choose the old thought. Therefore, it's going to feel like resistance to thinking the new thought. It's gonna feel like you have to kick down the grass. It's gonna feel like "Ah, this is a little bit more effort There's a path right over there. It's only 10 feet away. All I gotta do is just go walk on that old path. This is why it feels yucky to think a new thought because your brain would really rather think the old thought. The fact is, my friends, there's nothing about you inherently that you can't have your new self-concept of being a person who could maintain your weight forever. There's nothing about you that can't get down that last three pounds. There's nothing about you as a human being that you can't have what you want, except the fact that your brain would love to be efficient. That is why you (laughs) self-sabotage. is because your brain would really rather think old thoughts. When you can compassionately observe this whole process, it feels difficult to think a new thought about myself. Rather than thinking those new thoughts, my brain is going to continue to think these old thoughts because they feel easier. These old thoughts are driving feelings or rather creating feelings that are driving actions that, are, that my brain would love to label as self-sabotage. That is all that's going on here. And you can compassionately observe that this is what's happening in your brain. And then you can choose intentionally... Rather than automatically and subconsciously and unintentionally, you can choose to feel the yucky feelings, to continue to move forward knowing that the yucky feelings are only because your brain would rather be efficient, that the, the label of self-sabotage is only because your brain is very willing to judge yourself versus feeling compassion. The only thing that's going on here is honestly exactly what's supposed to go on here. This is biology at work. This is your brain being a brain, doing what brains do best. And all it's gonna take from you is some intentional effort to compassionately observe that this is all okay. And when you're in the middle of it, It's not going to feel okay. It's going to feel yucky. It's going to feel hard. And that's completely okay because you can do hard things. My friends, you have the ability within you to understand what is going on. And not just to like conquer self-sabotage by pushing yourself through. This is me like beating my hand against my other hand. Like... Trying to push through with willpower isn't the answer. Compassionately observing what's going on, recognizing that this is your brain trying to be efficient, recognizing that this is your brain simply judging yourself, recognizing all of this as part of the process and really allowing it to be the process is the answer. I really hope that this was helpful for you today and I really hope that this helps you feel, well, better always, just in general, and feel more in control of what's going on. You have the power to see your thoughts, recognize that they are creating feelings, recognize that they are driving actions, and intentionally choose for yourself what direction you'd like to go. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you again next week. If you're getting a lot out of the Fitness Matters Podcast and you're ready to take it to the next level, you're going to love the Get Your Goal Coaching and Accountability Group. We take all the theory and knowledge here on the podcast and actually apply it in real life on your real weight loss and fitness goals. It's hands-on, it's fun, and it works. Find out more at paulabeefitness.com slash get-your-goal. And let's get your goal.